Welcome to the Roadmap to Wealth show. The show is hosted by the Invest Tribe community, a total European resource for anyone looking to succeed in all sorts of investing. Real estate, stock market, bonds and ETFs, cryptocurrency, foreclosure, peer-to-peer lending, business and startups. Before we get to today's interview, if you are a new listener, be sure to go to investtribe.org and subscribe because we offer content, tools, and an international community of experts, newbies, and everyone in between to help people to learn investing, network, find partners, deals, and financing, and make the best investing decisions possible. Let us start the show. Hello, everybody. In this episode of the Roadmap to Wealth show, I have the pleasure to have as a guest Cesar Espino, a self-made man uh, who rose from the humble beginnings in Mexico and raised by his mom by herself to become a mentor, NLP certified coach, a best-selling author, a public speaker, and real estate investor. Hi, Cesar. How are you today? Elena, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming. Uh, Cesar, we have just celebrated Mother's Day, and I think it's appropriate that my first question for you is, how has your mom influenced you uh, throughout your life? Yeah, you know, uh, first and foremost, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that, uh, that just celebrated that. Um, and I, one thing that comes to mind is uh, Abraham Lincoln said, all that I am and hope to be, I owe it to my mother, right? And so for me, my mom has been very supportive, uh, has been there really all through my journey, right? And even if she doesn't understand what I'm doing or why I'm doing it, She's always giving me that that support. She's really just my cheerleader, right? And so to me, it has been a, a, a huge impact. I, I, if it wasn't for her, I, I wouldn't be uh, in the States or I wouldn't have gone through a lot of things that I have gone through. And even at the very down moments in my life, she has been there for me, uh, 100% supporting me, giving me always, obviously, that constructive criticism, yet always being there uh, and, and not letting me uh, fall into, into other ground. So, you know, for me, she's been a huge, huge supporter. Thank you, Cesar. Before we go further, can you tell us about yourself? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I was actually uh, born in Mexico, uh, Mexico City to be exact. And... Um, uh, I remember this as if it was yesterday. Um, I w- just four months after I turned uh, 40 years old, my mom uh, at that time decided to take um, her leap of faith uh, to be able to give us uh, more of a more of a future, right? Um, and the, the reason why is because we, uh, you know, we grew up. I grew up in in a very humble beginning. Um, our house was no no bigger than 250 square feet, and and I call that as a house. I mean, that's really a room. Yet that was our house and at that time it was just my my uh grandmother my mom my older brother myself and we lived in this room of 250 uh, square feet which was made out of a sheet metal uh it was made out of plywood there was no uh concrete it was just dirt floor no running water no electricity inside the house and so anyways that was our, our 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 beginning right and um, I grew up not knowing my biological father. I don't know who he is or his name or any of that aspect. And, you know, my mom at that time decided to take her leap of faith in, and migrate to the United States, leaving us behind, the three of us behind. And that was kind of a turning point for myself because at that time, um, I had to start working 
to survive, to provide, to help out in the house, right? And so just at the age of four, my older brother, my grandma, we used to actually make and bake um, donuts, cookies, um, that kind of stuff, bread, and we'll sell that at, at the flea market. And I always say that we have to, we, we didn't do too good and we had to graduate from that. And then we started selling taquitos and quesadillas and other stuff, you know, food, um, because that the first thing didn't work out that good. Um, and, and even that, you know, at one point we had to graduate from that and we had to start sewing clothes. And so I know how to sew clothes just because uh, at one point my grandma decided to get three sewing machines, one for her, for my older brother and for myself. And we started sewing clothes. And we used to sew clothes to make money, right? There was times, though, that we didn't have enough, that all we had was what I considered to be the Mexican specialty dish, which is a tortilla with a grain of salt. And that's all we had to eat from days in and days out. And I think for me, a lot of it started from that perspective. You know, I wasn't like any other normal kid where you can go to school, come out, play with, with the neighbors. I remember one time I tried doing that, and my, my grandmother just literally pull it back into the house to, so we can start working because that's all we did. We will go to uh, school, come home, do our homework, eat whatever we had, and then we had to work all the way through the night, right? And um, and so to me, that there were a lot of lessons with that. It wasn't until the age of 10 um, that my mom, at that point, decided to bring us to the United States, right? And I came to the States at the age of 10. Yet that was another lesson for me, though, because I came to the States and for the first time in my life, I didn't have to worry about working. For the first time in my life, I actually had clothes, you know, new clothes. Uh, I had a different life. Although we were poor in the States, it was not, not compared to the poor in Mexico, like two different worlds, right? Yet to me, that was a little bit difficult because one, I couldn't understand, I couldn't read, I couldn't write, I couldn't speak the language. And so that was, uh, you know, difficult for me. On top of that, I also um, didn't have any friends. I didn't know anybody. And, and, you know, and I was in a society where you have so many different cultures, whereas in Mexico, you only have one, kind of like one race, right? Hispanics, Mexicans, whatever you want to put it. Here, you have people from all over the place. And so it was very difficult. And I remember a, a moment in, in life where, um, at that time, the, the person that I see as, as my dad right now, he, he's my stepdad, but I see him as, as my dad. Yet at that time, I, I remember saying something to him that, that when I think about it now, I was like, why did I even think of that, right? And, and I told him, I said, you know, uh, we got into a little bit of an argument. I said, first of all, you're not my dad, so you cannot tell me what to do. Number two, I don't want to be here in the States. You need to send me back to Mexico. And when I think about that, one, I'm glad he didn't uh, send me back. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having this conversation, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Second thing, though, I realized that that's something that, like, if you think about it now, like, I feel like a lot of people are in, in something like that. I was afraid of being uncomfortable, and I wanted to go back to Mexico, which is what I know to, to be comfortable with, right? And to me, that was a lesson that I realized down the line that, um, I was so afraid to be in this in this great nation, to be in this great place, to have this life. And I was okay going back to being poor, not having anything working to survive because that's what I was, you know, used to. I was comfortable with that. Um, I didn't have to worry about, you know, speaking language or doing all this other stuff. So a lot of people or, or we, I mean, and I'm, again, I was part of that, is that we tend to run away from the uncomfortable aspect of life to go to something that's comfortable, even if that's not the best thing for you. 
uh, and I realized that, and and I'm glad that that I surrendered. I said, you know what, uh, he's not going to send me back, so I'm, I'm going to have to stay here. So what can I do? Well, I need to surrender. I need to um, accept that this is going to be my new reality. I need to uh, do something about it. And rather than falling to gangs or or some of those negative aspects, I said, what can I do? So I, I learned the language. I got very involved with school, um, and I continued my journey in, in that aspect. Uh, and then at the age of uh, 15 and a half, 16, I had another uh, turning point in my life. I had my daughter, right? I had my daughter at an early age. And again, that's another lesson. I was a kid growing up, raising a kid. Yet there was one thing that I remember telling my daughter's mom at that time. And I said, I will do whatever I can to make sure that my daughter does not go through the same things that I went through as a kid, which is working, not having toys, not having a birthday parties, not being able to be a kid. I'm going to give her the things that I didn't have. And that became my motivation. That became my driving force at that time. And I continued school. I still graduated from, from school. And even going through that journey, uh, you know, I had so many different things that happened in between. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, I still was able to manage to get uh, a good uh, corporate job. Uh, I was able to uh, get my master's degree. So I have a master's in business, business administration. Um, and, you know, if you now look at it in today's world, you know, I'm now a full-time entrepreneur doing real estate investing, have a couple of books. And, you know, just there was a lot of lessons that I've learned through life. And there was a lot of those obstacles that I had to overcome, you know? Yeah, thank you very much. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic story of your life. Uh, many people say that uh, they took uh, the leap of faith. You mentioned it mm -hmm. earlier. Uh, mm -hmm. Is it enough to be successful? I want to say definitely, uh, it definitely is, is a big aspect of being successful, yet it's more than that, right? I, uh, you know, a lot of times people can take a, a, the leap of faith, yet if there's no action or there's no, um, there's not a game plan uh, or there's not a direction, then you're not going to go that far, right? Definitely the, the, the hardest thing to do is take the leap of faith. Once you take the leap of faith, now you have, not the real work starts, right? Um, because otherwise you're going to end up getting lost, um, you're not going to have a direction. You're going to end up getting overwhelmed with the fear, with those negative thoughts, right? And so uh, definitely, yes, is, 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 is a very important part of it. It's not enough though, right? You have to take action. And so uh, I'll give you an example. You know, for me, I, took, I was making really good money working for a, 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 um, uh, a company, a worldwide company in logistics, and I was making over six figures. I was very comfortable in that in that job. I, I had full benefits, um, travel all over the place. I mean, I had I had it, and I decided to leave my corporate job to um, to start my own business. Right. By the way, it took me seven months because of the fear, the, the negative thoughts. It took me seven months from the day that I said I'm going to do this. I couldn't do it. I actually I, I had in mind that I was going to walk in. This was on a, on a weekend. I was going to walk in on a Monday with my two week notice. And I couldn't do it. And it wasn't until like seven months that I actually decided to do it because of that fear. Yet, uh, it gave me a little more time to, one, work on myself. It gave me a little bit more time to come up with a game plan to think about, okay, I need to do this. This money is not going to be coming in anymore. What are the things that I have to do to make sure that I continue to work, for, uh, work forward on my life, right? And so I think that you have to have definitely uh, a, a, a game plan and you have to have something uh, that is going to uh, carry you through that. I, he I heard this from somebody and I, I totally agree with this. Um, there's no need to have a plan B when plan A is the only thing you have. Because if you have plan B, 
then you forget about plan A. You don't focus and you don't put the attention on plan A. And now you're focusing on plan B. Well, plan B will be, well, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to get back to work. Or if it doesn't work out, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. You're already accepting failure by focusing on plan B. So just focus on plan A. That's it. That's all. You don't have anything else. If you're going to take the leap of faith, go forward with that plan A and work harder on that plan A. Thank you so much. How you bounce from hardship, failures, and difficulties, and corporate uh, job, finally, and create a business for yourself. So uh, did you use some techniques? Did you study some stuff? Or it was just grit? No, I I think it it was grit, and it was also part of um, uh, a few things that I consider. Number one, I had to uh, find a niche, find something that you're, you're, you're interested on and start learning on that. Right. And uh, I'm sure you heard this before. It's like, you know, if you can, if you like something, uh, find somebody that's doing it already and learn yeah. from them. Right. So that's definitely one thing that I did. I mean, I started starting, so I got into um, real estate investing. So I started looking at other people that were doing real estate investing, learning the techniques, buying some of the courses, um, learning that aspect of that business and, and doing that. So that was number one. The second thing is, which I've done in, in this now part of my life is the self-development of your mind, like working on yourself, um, really creating that positive mindset um, to carry you through through this journey, through to carry you through whatever aspect of life you want to do. And so when you combine those two things and then and then you add passion to that aspect of, of, of that whole uh, umbrella, um, then then it becomes a lot easier for you, right? Um, having just grit is not going to be enough because you can work really hard and you don't have a direction, you don't have the passion, you don't have the tools, you don't have the right mindset, you're going to get uh, overwhelmed and you're going to end up giving up sooner than later. Yes, for sure. And you make some many mistakes and you can yeah. overcome it. But yes, right mindset. It's absolutely, uh, for sure, it's absolutely important. So you write a book, uh, you can overcome everything, You even when the world says no. Uh, it's because you don't accept no as an answer. That's definitely part of it. Um, so I wrote my book, uh, You Can Overcome Anything, Even When the World Says No, to really uh, talk about more or less my story and the multiple different aspects in my life from growing up to um, to adulthood, adulthood, where I went through a lot of different obstacles. And my objective with the book was to be able to do a couple of things. Number one, I want to be able to motivate people. I want to be able to inspire people. I want to be able to give them ideas, tools, something that um, they can resonate with. And I always say this, you know, it might be a paragraph, it might be a sentence, it might be just maybe a word or, or a phrase that is going to resonate with you, that is going to help you make the, the next move in your life, whatever that might be, right? And so uh, for me, yes, I, I, I don't accept no. I continue to push forward even in, in the down moments. And I wanted to put that in a book to, to say, here's something that I can give you that you can read that is going to help you in your own journey, right? And if I can do that, I've done my part in, in that. And so uh, I'm, I'm happy to, to say that, that I've been getting a lot of great comments from people that, that they, they come and say, you know what, reading your book has given me now the, that, that extra push to write a book, that extra push to start looking at life from a different perspective. And that's really what I wanted to do, right? And, uh, and now I actually translated the book into Spanish. And so it's also in Spanish now. Ah, it's great news. Yes. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. So in the book, uh, you wrote that there are no limitations, only the limitations you create for yourself. What do you mean by that? 
Yeah, so that's um, I, you know when you when you think about it, and and um, I think we we kind of go through this in our in our in our lives, right? Again, you have those those thoughts that are. Um, you know, talking to you all the time, right? There's so many thoughts going through your mind every single second. And uh, uh, of those thoughts, 80% of them are negative, right? Only 20% of them are, are, are positive. And so we, when you think about it, if you allow those thoughts to take over the opportunity or start talking down to you, then you're creating limitations for yourself, right? So what I mean by that, for example, I myself, even when I was writing the book, uh, some of the things that I, that I said to myself is like, well, who's going to, when I read my book, who's going to buy my book? I'm not a writer. I never written a book. I don't like to read, period. So why would I even write a book when I don't even like to read, right? And so I was getting all these negative thoughts. If I would have allowed those things to overcome my opportunity, which is creating limitations for myself inside of my mind, then I wouldn't have never produced the book. I would have never had helped people that I have helped people now because of that. Instead, I said, no, I'm not going to allow those uh, thoughts, those limitations overtake the opportunity and I'm going to continue to move forward. I'm going to continue to do this. Right. And so that's like anything in life. If, if you're um, creating some sort of limitation in your mind, then you're going to see that on the outside world. Right. Um, there's a, an African proverb that I love. And it says, um, if there's no enemy in it, if there's no enemy within, within, there's no enemy outside. Right. So if you're, if you can uh, uh, really uh, fight, um, and overcome that enemy in your head, then there's nothing outside stopping you from doing anything in life. Absolutely agree with you. So I know that you are very passionate in helping people. Uh, who are the people you want to help? Well, it starts with, with, with a simple thing. I, I want to help everybody, right? Except there's all kinds of people, right? And, and what I mean by that is that some people are ready to prepare, are prepared and ready to, to take on the constructive criticism, the people that want to make the change, the people that say, you know what, enough is enough. I want a, a, an idea, a nugget, a tool that is going to help me move forward. Really, those are the people that I speak to, right? There's only people that are not ready. They're, 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 unfortunately, some people are not in that stage or in that state of mind to receive that criticism or to start making the changes because it's not easy. You have to make major changes during your life. It could be from a mindset. It could be from the people you talk to and you hang around with. It could be from learning new aspects. If you're not ready to receive the message, you're not ready to have a mentor, you're not ready to do that, then you're not going to be ready to have somebody like me or, or people similar to me that are ready to help you out. So it really comes down to, are you ready for that message? Are you ready to uh, receive? Are you ready to pick up a book and start reading, right, uh, daily? If you're not, then it's going to be difficult for you to, to, to do that. Uh, thank you very much for your answer. So let's speak about real estate investment. When you started and why did you decide to go to real estate? Yeah, you know, um, it's funny. Um, I actually started real estate when I was 24, 25. And I started by um, buying uh, a house. Then I bought another house. And, and, and sooner or later, I, have, I had several houses. So I got into like the, the rental aspect of, mm -hmm. of business. And I did that because it sounded, you know, at that time, it looked funny. It, it, it felt like, you know what, this is simple. It's easy. My Part of my mistake, though, is that I, uh, one, I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have nobody helping me. I kind of did all of this on my own. I didn't even educate myself. And with the housing, uh, uh, crash in 2009, 2008 yeah. to 2010, I, you know, a lot of people lost a lot of different, uh, assets. I went with that. I lost all my houses. I had foreclosures. I had 
10 um, years of negative credit. Um, and, and part of that was because I didn't have the, the right education. So I didn't have the means to support my real estate business and I lost it all. And you, it wasn't until like uh, 2015, I believe, where um, I started seeing uh, TV shows where you flip properties in, and mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm. They're like, you know, they're coming near to a city near you and, you know, kind of come and check it out. And, I'm, and in my mind, I'm, I was like, that's not for me. I've already, you know, failed at that before. I'm probably not going to do it again. Again, those negative thoughts. Sure enough, I ended up going. I, I ended up going to, to one of those uh, classes and, and, and I kind of just found the passion again. I, I, I found the reason why I got it in the first place. And I said, you know what? I can do this. So then I started my journey all over again. And, uh, and I've been doing that since then again. And so uh, with my real estate, I do a couple of different things. I do real estate investing in primarily uh, single family residence. I buy the houses, I fix them, I flip them and sell them in the retail market. I also do uh, co-wholesaling or wholesaling, either or. Um, and, and then I also have a mentoring program for people that want to get into real estate um, that never done any of that and they want to get into either assignment of contract, or even if they want to get into buying, fixing, and flipping, um, I have a program that I teach people on how to do that. And, and again, for me, I didn't have that before. And, and that's part of the reason that I, I, I know for a fact that I, I, I ended up losing my properties. Um, and so I decided to do that to, to be able to help people out too. Okay. And what are your plans? That are you going to stay, fix, and flip, or maybe you'll switch to rental properties or maybe commercial properties? I want to say that definitely I'm going to get into um, uh, rental properties. I have a, I have a rental property right now in Ohio. Um, I want to uh, grow my portfolio in terms of rental properties for sure. Um, and definitely I think eventually I might get into some uh, commercial uh, uh, real estate. Uh, for sure, I want to be able to get uh, a few number of doors more in the rental area in other states. I'm, I'm in California, so not necessarily in California, in different states. And, and then getting to uh, commercial. I, I think I'm always going to be doing uh, uh, flipping. I, I love that. I, I love the aspect of yeah, turning something nice. really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> turning something into like really bad into something beautiful. Um, and so I know I'm still going to have that regardless. It would be just adding more strategies into what I do. Okay, thank you very much. So, uh, what can you advise the young person who would like, uh, who aspire to become an entrepreneur? And if they don't have any money to start, what can they do? I would say three things. Number one, you want to find an area of concentration. And and you don't necessarily need to have money to start this, right? Uh, And what I mean by that is uh, a lot of times, in my book, I talk about it and I said that some there's some people that go to school, um, they go to college, and they don't have a direction of where they're going. And I, and I call them uh, seed warmers. They're just sitting, warming up the seed. You know, they're not really taking action. They're going day in, day out. They don't know, what, you know, what do they want to major in or, or what do they want to do for, their, for themselves, right? And so I think the first thing is you want to find an area of concentration. That area of concentration could be real estate, could be stocks, could be... Uh, open up your own franchise, whatever it is, right? And once you have that area of concentration, then you need to find somebody that's doing that, whether it's in YouTube, uh, uh, there's a lot of Facebook groups, find, you know, some somebody doing that and start learning from those people, right? It's not going to cost you a whole lot of money to do that. So have a, 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 a definite purpose in mind. What is it that you want to do? The second thing I would say, um, 
work on your positive mindset, right? Because being an entrepreneur, it really comes down to uh, you have to have a strong mindset. And what I mean by that, you have to start fitting the right ingredients. Um, educate yourself, read motivational uh, books, read books that are, um, are related to your area of concentration, um, work on uh, uh, positive programs. You know, the, the, the mind, the way the mind works is you got to be able to feed positive programs to that. So like, for instance, get rid of the news and there's a lot of negative programs there. Um, some, some music doesn't really help you, right? You know, if they're talking about killing and murdering and all this stuff, that's when you're programming your mind. So anyways, um, start working on your mind positive mindset and then the last thing is create a definite plan and your plan should consist of a few things number one you want to make sure that you know where you want to go and you have this big idea and you have a specific date as to when you want to complete this and then from there this big idea you want to break it down into smaller chunks of ideas right so you can start attacking those little by little and also have a specific date of completion and then the last thing is you want to make sure that you can actually measure your performance. How well are you performing for, for the things you want to do? So if you can take those three different things, it doesn't really cost you any money. It's just creating a structure. Thank you very much, Cesar. What is your leadership style? Do you micromanage people or you prefer to trust your people and let them grow and shine? Yeah, I, you know, when I used to work for a, for a company, I, used to, I had so many different employees. Um, I would say my management management style was really and it's still kind of the same now was really uh not necessarily micromanaging people but teaching them on how to do it and then just um checking on their performance right like so i call this like random uh validating or, or random checking or auditing whatever you want to call it um their work right and so i normally love to give people the the instructions here's how you do it a b c and d all the different steps do you understand they say yes and then from there i kind of step back and then i just randomly check and verify they're, they're, they're doing it right because i want to make sure i even through my through my own journey um I had so many different down moments and, and those are the, from those down moments is, is when I learned on how to make changes in my life. Right. And so uh, one thing that I also see is that a failure is, is, is not a negative thing. Actually as a failure is, is a lesson. It's an educational experience and you can learn from your failures. Whereas in school, they tell you a failure is bad. If you get a, a C or a D or whatever grade you get, it's a negative grade you get penalized for that no i think on the contrary you should see that as an, a lesson what can i do to improve that next time and you learn from that absolutely fantastic thank you very much can you give me five most important things that you have learned Ooh, okay um that's a good question i i think there's definitely a lot of things i've learned um some of the things that i can think of is being persistent right um in in this that I'm doing right now in, 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 as an entrepreneur. And I think even in life general, if you want something bad enough, you have to just be persistent. You got to continue to push forward. And I think you have to adjust with that persistent, right? Persistence, meaning that you create something, you, uh, rehearse it, you review it, you rehearse it, you review it until you get it right. So just continue to be persistent. So I think that's huge. The, uh, the next one is don't live in, uh, don't be living in the past. Um, I believe that that a lot of people are guilty of that. We would drown our present with the past. We would think about what we did last week or a month or a year ago, or maybe some mistakes or things that didn't go too good. 
and we're thinking about that and that moment is gone, right? And so um, I always tell people that the past is merely an experience, right? It's also an educational experience. It's something that took place. And if you have not um, learned from that and you're still doing the same things as you were in the past, then you haven't learned from that, right? So you need to grow out of that. So don't live in the past, live in the present. Um, because again, you can lose yourself just thinking about the past. Uh, the next one is surrender, surrender to the process. Um, what I mean by that, it, it kind of going back to what I was telling you when I came to the States, um, instead of retaliating and telling my, my dad, I want to go back to Mexico. This is not for me. I just surrender. I just surrender to, yeah. to the process. I, I, I surrender and, and accepted that and say, okay, what can I do now? Now that I know that I surrender, I'm, I'm, I'm focused on what I need to do. I'm focused on this. What, what are some of the things that I have to do? So surrender. Um, the last, uh, the, the next one I would say, work on yourself, right? And I tell people, make sure you're, that you work harder on yourself than you do on anybody else. What I mean by that is if you're working for a company and if let's say you don't, that's what you want to be. You want to work for a company the rest of your life. That's perfectly fine. Just make sure that after work, you don't come and sit on the couch Turn on the TV, which is and watch news because negative programs. Work on yourself. Do something. If you want to write, start writing. If you want to, um, uh, you know, learn how, how to do something. You want to speak another language. Start working on yourself. Like work on your mind. Work on creating something for yourself. And then the last thing is have faith. You know, I think um, that one of the biggest things that, we, that 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 we need to have is is know that everything's going to work out perfectly, right? No matter what kind of uh, things are thrown at us, make sure you have faith that you believe in what you're doing. If you're a salesperson, believe in that product that you're selling. Even if you get a hundred no's, continue to sell that because you have faith in that. If you believe that um, you're in, in this place to, to do great things, have faith and continue to do it. Even if nobody's watching, just have faith. Thank you so much. So, so precious advices. Uh, may people believe uh, now we, I would like to speak about coronavirus of course it's uh, yeah. something mm -hmm. yes so people believe that we are not going back to pre-coronavirus normal life and uh, we have to adapt ourselves to a new normal uh, what do you think about it yeah that you know that's a very interesting topic um, you know there's still obviously so many things going on um, with the coronavirus and um, definitely I think that it'll be a little bit difficult for us to go back to um, to what used to be the norm right I believe that we might end up having a new norm yet the new norm though is going to be in my opinion is going to be decided upon you like what do you consider to be a new norm right um i know that there's some people that are panicking you know like when this whole thing started you know everybody was hugging the toilet paper everybody was yes i remember for, this it right was <laughs> it was yeah. all over the world and, and yeah. every country it was such crazy thing with this toilet paper <laughs> exactly and, and, and then when you think about it like i was i i didn't think of it and i think it was that that critical and i remember going like i think two three days after to the store and there was no toilet paper like yeah. so again people tend to panic and so if you're going in into anything with that that mode that panic mode then then definitely you're gonna have a, a brand new norm right to me i think it's definitely gonna be not it's not gonna be as easy as it was before there's gonna be different changes like right now you have to go to every store wear a mask and, and so on and so forth um you might have to adjust a few things here and there Yet you create that norm, right? Um, I, I think it was uh, Jim Rohn talks about, um, you know, it, when it comes down to 
changes right in in your life you know the government is going to be the same uh, there's always going to be day there's always going to be night uh, you know there's always going to be four seasons like all these different current events are going to continue to happen the biggest change is going to have to be on you if you want things to change you must change right and so even with this coronavirus you know you're going to create your own reality you're going to create your new norm so the new norm it shouldn't be dictated by the society it should be dictated by what is it that you're going to do if you want to be more cautious it's fine let that be be more cautious to yourself not because everybody's telling you to do x y and z or because you see everybody hugging the the toilet paper now you're going to go do that right so you create your own norm absolutely uh so what are lessons that you learned from the pandemic in the end of the day uh did it affected you in your business I I wouldn't say it affected me 100%. I think everybody or most of the people might have uh, uh, seen some sort of shift in business or or something, right? There's definitely lessons to be learned, like like for me in real estate, like give an example. I flip a property and because there's no, uh, you cannot uh, show the house, you know, it's only virtual uh, uh, showings and things like that. It definitely delayed that process. It's still, I'm still in that. It, it delayed it. You know, when I should have sold that house a month or two months ago, uh, right before this, um, it didn't because people are afraid, right? And so you, I think people definitely get affected in, in some shape or form. Um, yet, for me, the, the, the learning of that is you have to adjust, right? It kind of goes back to what I mentioned before. You have to adjust. You have to surrender. If this is going to be more or less the new norm to an extent, then what can I do? What are some of the things that I have to uh, change or shift around, right? And you have to adjust to that um, to, to make sure that, that, that you can um, uh, create something around that, right? Um, I'll give you an example on, on, on something to that. Um, I was telling uh, this to uh, another person and they were talking about, uh, we're talking about, you, you know, the coronavirus. And prior to this, a lot of people would say, or many people will say, I don't have time um, to learn. I don't have time to uh, be with the family. I don't have time to whatever. It was the, I don't have time and follow by whatever action. Well, uh, because of this, a lot of people found a lot of time because people were working from home and so on Mm -hmm. and so forth. Right. And I said, if you don't come out of this with something new, I don't care what it is, something, maybe, uh, you know, you, 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 learn a new language or you maybe wrote an ebook or you did some journaling or a new habit. If you don't come out of this with something new, I am of the belief that it's not about, it was not a lack of time. It was a lack of discipline, right? So if you don't come out of this with something new, I don't care what it is and I don't care how big it is. It was a lack of discipline. You were not disciplined yourself. Right. And so, uh, Having that said, my, my point to this is that I think with, with everything going on, we have to come out with something new, right? Whatever that might be. And you have to be able to have created some sort of adjustment based on that and say, okay, maybe I now know how to meditate better. Now I know how to concentrate my mind better. Like it could be as simple as that. Thank you very much for your advice. So uh, another question is, uh, given that you know now, with all your experience, uh, what advice can you give uh, to your 25 years old self? <laughs> yeah, you know, I would say a couple of things. Number one, uh, make sure you get a mentor uh, of some kind. And, and, and by the way, I'm not talking about uh, necessarily going out and paying somebody to be a mentor. I mean, that's definitely a form of mentoring. Educate yourself. Like mentoring could also be you're reading books, you're um, uh, 
doing, uh, looking well, now with technology, going on YouTube, uh, doing some research. I didn't have that. I, again, that's the reason why I lost my houses. I didn't get educated. I just jumped in. I'm, I'm like, I was so excited. I just wanted to do it, right? Uh, and I just jumped in and, and then I lost it because I didn't have that, that, that knowledge, that education, that kind of mentor. So I didn't have some sort of mentor. So I would say get a mentor of some kind. And the other one uh, will be building relationships. I think those are critical, right? Um, in the last uh, three years, I have uh, come across so many different people that I built uh, relationships with and uh, great things have come out of that. I, I've either uh, done uh, collaborated projects with them, build new friendships uh, from that perspective uh, and be selective on your, uh, on your relationships, right? I think that there's, you are the average of the five people you hang around with. So don't blame yourself in terms of where you're at. First, look at your environment. If that's what you accepted, that's what you accepted. So building relationships. And then the last thing I would say, work on your mind. You know, I, I didn't do that. I didn't, didn't do any of that until like a couple of years back. And it's really just uh, working on that positive mindset and, and, and understanding and embracing um, those, uh, those uh, positive mind aspects that are going to help you through those down moments. Because a lot of times you don't, you don't have that positive mindset. You can get drowned on a negative moment, which can lead to depression, which can lead to other different uh, uh, consequences. Thank you very much. It's uh, amazing advice. Uh, Cesar, what is the legacy that you would like to leave for your children, for your employees or your followers? You know, to, for me, I, I think it comes down to my highest intention. My highest intention is I want to be able to empower, inspire, and help out as many people as I can. Um, with that is my family, my, my daughter, uh, uh, people that are surrounded in my, in myself. And, and kind of like the reason why I, I wrote my book too is, you know, when I leave this place, I want to make sure that, that there's something that I can leave behind, something that at the end of the day is going to, uh, you know, help somebody uh, make a change in their life. So for me, my legacy is, is being able to um, leave something that people can utilize under, under day-to-day lives uh, moving forward, whether it's through any of my books, whether it's through, you know, this podcast where people can go back and look at this podcast and find a word or find something that resonated with them. I just want to be able to make sure that, I, that I'm not just forgotten, right? Um, I think a lot of times, uh, Les Brown was talking about this, and, and um, sometimes people die, and people don't even know that you die. You know, they find out six months later that, you know, Joe or something, Bob ended up dying and people didn't even know about it. Why? Because there was no, um, there was no uh, impact made in, in the world, right? I don't want to be that person. I want to be remembered by, by that, that I was, you know, humble, that I helped, that I, that I tried to empower people. And so that's my legacy. Thank you very much, Cesar. It was very nice talking to you, but I know you uh, have uh, some precious time and uh, I need to value it. So before we wrap up, any uh, last uh, advice or something you would like to say? I would say, um, you know, take action and just do it, right? Whatever it is, just do it. You know, if um, even if you fail, uh, you know, get up and do it again, right? I, I, I think... A lot of times we allow the fear to take away the opportunity, the fear of failing, the fear of not doing something right, the fear of uh, not knowing where we're going, right? The fear of the unknown. And when you think about all of that fear and, and you give that power to that, to that fear, you take away the opportunity of what if this works out? What if you can actually create something great? What if you discover something new? 
What if you actually move one step forward? And so I would say, don't let the fear take, take over the opportunity. Um, take action now. And like Nike says, just do it. Thank you very much, Cesar, for your time and your advice. The last thing, how do people can connect with you? Yeah, it's very simple. You can actually go to my website. is www.cesarrespino.com and Cesar is C-E-S-A-R. So www.cesarrespino.com. And then from there, you can find anything about all the things that I do from NLP coaching, life coaching, to my books, to my real estate, to all the other great things that I do. Thank you very much, Cesar, for your time. I was enjoying this interview. It was absolutely fantastic. So uh, maybe next time. So for now, I am saying thank you and have a nice day. Thank you, Lena. Thank you for checking out the show. And don't forget, you can find all the resources, links, and show notes over at investtribe.org. See you next week on the Roadmap to Wealth show.